that is part of the magic of this world for me is there's no telling it's all showing Welcome back to another episode of All Booked, Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about the books we'd like to recommend. And Lisa is joining us to share with us some books that are not just a series, but they're more like an all-encompassing world that currently I think it's the only thing you want to keep reading, right? You are correct, Leslie. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, uh, just this last weekend, a friend asked, oh, what have you been reading? What should I read? And I couldn't tell her that for the last nine months, I've just been living in Joe Abercrombie <laughs> world. He's about to finish his second trilogy, and then he has four standalone books. Okay, and so all... it's, a, it's a pretty hefty book that I'm looking at right now. So yeah, They're all hefty. Yeah. So it's mainly a lot of action and adventure and intrigue, a lot of political um, and royal intrigue. There are a lot of parallels that are drawn with Game of Thrones, that it's pretty dark. But I think what's so fascinating to me are the characters, the very well fleshed out, very, very subtly um, strung together characters. I, I have to caution people who read the book, read the books. It is very gritty, uh, probably not safe for work or not safe for a family car listening, <laughs> uh, which is completely different from the types of books that I usually like that, you know, don't have a lot of sex and violence in them. But... I just, I love to fall into that world. There are bad people who do good things, who sort of redeem themselves out of nowhere. There's a little bit of magic. As a matter of fact, in in our library, we have these books in the science fiction fantasy section, which is a little bit misleading. In the very first couple of chapters, Logan Nine Fingers, he can talk to the spirits and he can carry the spirits in his mouth. And then after that, there's sort of radio silence from the other world. <laughs> there's not a, there's not a lot of, of fantasy going on. It's also, it's, I mean, I hate to call them anti-heroes, but in your typical fantasy, there are, you know, the white knight type characters they they can do no wrong and then the bad people stay bad through the whole mm-hmm, series right it's not like that at all there's not there's not a big bad boss they they keep changing and then sometimes you actually like the bad boss you end up liking him but if i can digress from joe abercrombie Nancy Pearl is like the number one public librarian. Uh, She was a librarian in Seattle for many years. And she contends that most readers or consumers of fiction, they enter these worlds by four doorways. Um, The first and probably most popular one is for people who love plot and action. And and there is plenty of plot and action in, in all of these books. The second door is through the setting, which is kind of world building. And that's where people who love fantasy, they love all the rules of fantasy realm. Universe, yeah. They yeah, the feel lore. like they're taking a vacation there, kind of. Yes, yes. And, you know, people will nerd out on, you know, figuring out what all the rules are and mm-hmm. uh, how they all make sense. And this, by far, is the least emphasized. A third doorway is language, word choice, and style, and grammar. The amazing thing about the way Joe Abercrombie handles language is that depending on what class of person it really comes across their language comes across as as different when when you're with the northmen it's definitely more terse and simple than when you're with the royalty or the people who live in the big cities it's it's amazing and then finally my favorite doorway which is the one joe abercrombie really shines in is 
character, the people, their peculiarities, their motivations, the pain. And this is by far where I think Joe Abercrombie shines. And really, every book should just be character. I mean, everybody <laughs> just learned to love characters. And I'll never forget Nancy Pearl's tip for if you're if you're a librarian, whether you work in a library or not, and you're trying to help somebody find a favorite book, you ask them to tell you something about their favorite book. And whatever they come in with first, which is usually plot, that's what they want to read. That's the doorway mm-hmm. that they, they like to go through. He has some ask me everything's on Reddit, you know, and <laughs> yeah. so I I wanted I wanted the backstory of everything. And one of the questions, which is just it made me so happy when I read this, the person asked, What do you feel the purpose of the characters in your books is? Do you ever write something for them and think, oh, that's just fluff. No one needs to know that except for me. And his answer was, well, it's all fluff, really, isn't it? But I think the things I really respond to in others' writings, writing the little observations I would never think of. So I try to keep in all that banal nonsense that, for example, Aragorn would never think about, because you never know what might strike a chord with people. And I think that's what his answer is why I never get bored with his books, because I I never really sort of track off somewhere because he's always weaving in these little interesting stories or peculiarities. Mm -hmm. He keeps pulling me back in. The other thing about a lot of the other fantasy series that I read is even when authors try to imbue their characters with questionable morality or you kind of already know that they're going to end up doing the right thing. But geez, oh, Pete's, these characters really can behave in unpredictable ways, like the way that people would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they behave in ways that are horrifying. Uh, and they absolutely do the wrong thing. Um, his, his fiction or his, his writing has been described as grimdark, which is super dark fantasy. Which also does not strike me as your usual reading taste. No, not at all. And I don't think I would like true grimdark. When I looked up what grimdark was, it's morally ambiguous, character-centered, uh, darker and grittier, also scoundrel-lit and unheroic fantasy. But uh, I think like the, the grimdark that grimdark people read, and this is completely different. I think if you just love characters, <laughs> the, it, it doesn't matter. You will adore More like this, this is a tinge of grimdark as opposed to being a grimdark novel. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I can see how people would be, I don't want to say tricked or fooled, you know, if you like <laughs> fantasy or if you like grimdark, but if you just like good writing, you're you're going to like this. And so he he wrote the first trilogy, which is called The First Law. And then he wrote four standalone books. And he is now in the process of writing the second trilogy, which is sort of the next generation of people from the first book. A lot of a lot of kids and all of the young, virile men and women <laughs> in the first one are now all these decrepit old folks in the, in the second one. And as a matter of fact, the third book in the second trilogy is The Wisdom of Crowds. And it comes out later this year. In, in the fall. The standalones, I was like, oh, I guess I guess I need to, you know, I figure out what order I was supposed to read the books in. And I thought I wouldn't, I would only do the standalones one time and be done. But they are some of my favorites. I don't remember if he did this on purpose, but the Red Country standalone novel, it, it reads just like a Western. It mm-hmm. is a Western book. So the best served cold is sort of this fantasy thriller. That's the seven villains 
for Monza Mercata. You know, she assembles this team. You know, the seven people do different things, can do different mm-hmm. things, and uh, she's out for revenge. It's it's a great revenge novel. Mm-hmm. That one is probably the bleakest, but I, I, I love them all. I mean, I, when I'm in it, <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to criticize anything. And then there's one called Sharp Ends that's a bunch of short stories. Oh, awesome. Cool. Uh, that would that would be a great way to delve into it. But my favorite one was called The Heroes. Now, I didn't find this out until afterwards, but Joe Abercrombie is a big fan of military nonfiction, mm-hmm. uh, Shelby Foote. And I never in a million years thought that I would enjoy reading uh, military nonfiction or fiction, but it just feels so cinematic. I'm, and I, oh, I should also say this, I have a terrible imagination. This is probably why I like the character part of the doorways. I can't imagine places very well in my head. Mm. Um, but you give me a, a well-nuanced, subtly put-together character, and I'm all in. Like, I can I can figure out how that person ticks. But somehow, the heroes, I was there in the action. And I can't think of the last book that created that for me, that, oh, wow. that they were able to. Because um, I don't, my imagination brain part is broken. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Especially that. not with war things, I would guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of political intrigue. Corporations controlling the state. Individuals are really the ones driving the corporations in the manipulation of conflicts in foreign states you know you you think that it's this group or these people and it's really just this one person over here by himself it's great and the whole pointlessness of war and personal revenge but you you know you're in these cycles and you can't escape from them and it sounds awful i know but nobody be afraid to read these they're just they're wonderful um oh I have to talk about the narrator of the audiobooks is Stephen Pacey. He is, he's a national treasure. I I know he's not from the United (laughs) States, but he's everybody's national treasure. He's amazing. (laughs) Amazing voices and accents. Um, Something that's very, I don't hate to use the word annoying. I know it's hard to do the gender of voices, your non-gender, but his female voices are great. He does, a, he, he does a great job differentiating. He doesn't just do a high falsetto. And the narration, it's very frequently switching. It's going all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's a terrible character, just despicable. It's, I am in love with him. He's my favorite. <laughs> that his name is um, Sandan Glockta. And he was, um, he was a superstar in the military, kidnapped by the other side, tortured, horribly, physically, uh, almost not recognizable when he when he comes out. God, that story is so great, but I, I'm not going to spoil it too much. Just to say that what Stephen Pacey does with his voice, it's amazing. It's a miracle. So Sandan Glockta, he had a lot of his teeth removed. So when he speaks out loud to people, he speaks with a little bit of a lisp. But a lot of his part is internal monologue, where he's really telling you what he thinks about the situation (laughs) or the people around him and how stupid everybody is. (laughs) And in that voice, Stephen Pacey gives him a kind of genteel, aristocratic, you know, upper crust type voice. But you can tell it's the same person. I mean, is that not a gift? That is a great way to get someone inside the head of that many different people because it can be hard sometimes with novels that have rotating narrators and also that's how it would be in real life if something happened to like the way i speak i wouldn't change the way i speak internally there is a scene in one of the books but i don't i don't want you guys to know what i'm talking about so i'm gonna try to be really (laughs) vague and you think that it's one thing i mean it goes on for pages but 
I, I, Joe Abercrombie, the way that he writes, and, and usually if you read enough, you can sort of sniff out what an author is trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he really had me fooled for a few pages. Yeah, we might cut that out because that's too vague. But I don't want to be too spoilery. Well, no, I mean, that is a feat because a lot of times I find books predictable. It's why I I frequently won't read more than one book by the same author because eventually I recognize their sentence patterns as well as their story patterns. So, Oh, totally. But it seems like in his books, every time you read a new book, you get a new perspective, a new take on either a character or a situation, which could be maybe one of the reasons why you keep going back to it so often. I, you got to you tell me what the secret is, because I really <laughs> I need to find some other books like this if they exist. Do you think some of it is that there's not necessarily a main character? Like you have certain central characters for different trilogies, but it sounds like even the standalones are focusing on different people. You have nailed it. Joe Abercrombie, if you're listening, this is the secret to your success. <laughs> they do rely so much on one or two characters, and you can only milk them for so long. Before, right. Yeah. 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 Good job, Liz. And if he's making this long series, especially since you said the second one is the children, he's really building a world through characters, not necessarily through telling you, like, this is the world, this is the people in it. Um, he's actually showing you how those people interact with everything around them and the choices they make. And I'm assuming in the, th- in the second series, you get to see all of the effects of the first series choices, which can always be really fun to see how they actually change the world. You are right on about that. Yes, the pigeons come to roost, definitely. <laughs> also, so well, I, I will listen to podcasts when I'm doing something else, but a lot of times I will just listen to this and not multitask, or, you know, the, especially the second time I listen to them. Because the more you can pay attention to what's going on, the bigger the payoff is going to be downstream. Mm, okay. Um, he'll he'll give you little hints and he'll sow seeds and he'll just mention a name or a location or just something in passing early on. And then it just blooms in later books. It just and I get a little dopamine hit every time I recognize. And he doesn't really even draw attention to it, which I also love, you know, mm-hmm. that hey, not look at me. Look what I did. And it just sort of goes through. I think that was one of the disappointments with the Game of Thrones TV series was we had all these different threads that we were expecting some payoff on and well then season five was super rushed <laughs> totally and Everybody it felt was like really... there were a bunch of threads hanging or yeah. maybe tangled they yeah go where they especially because you really expected something to come of it yeah looking at you aria anyway <laughs> and i have listened to the song of ice and fire the whole thing and i've mm-hmm. gone back and dabbled but i haven't wanted to actually keep listening i so. think i think i had i might actually try this because i liked the idea of game of thrones i read the song of ice and fire but my problem was that it felt like they were telling me a lot about the world and like the thing but i didn't feel like connected to any of the characters i was like okay i don't really care if this happens to you okay katie something you just said like that is part of the magic of this world for me is there's no telling it's all showing you mm-hmm. just feel like you've been dropped in and you're listening to these critical parts and That's you draw your I own want. conclusions. I want someone yes. to believe in me. I can work it out. <laughs> I'm a good reader. Yes. <laughs> I'm a good reader, I promise. <laughs> Do you guys have any worlds like this for me that in books or movies or TV series that you have just longed to go back and inhabit? <sighs> The closest I came was with the Harry Potter series, Mm -hmm. and I started that series when the fourth book had just come out. We went to a McDonald's, and there were twin boys who were like 
seven or eight, that were both engrossed in these gigantic tomes of books. And my mom was a teacher at the time, so she just approached them and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they peeled their eyes away long enough to be like, it's the newest Harry Potter, and then just kind of went right back to their books. So (laughs) we kind of realized, hey, we should maybe try this out. And our family became obsessed. My brother and I would go to the midnight releases and um, read the newest book like in a single sitting as much as we could Mm -hmm. and actually race each other. So I I enjoyed it in a similar way in that I'd reread the series before a new book came out. But one of my huge criticisms of it was that the bad guys were very black and white bad guys. I've always really appreciated books that had more nuance in their characters, Mm -hmm. especially where you could maybe see where the other person was coming from. So, See, that actually makes me think, because the only world that I feel an almost compulsive uh, need to check in on is the Marvel Universe. And for the longest time, it was just because it was fun. But with the newest, like, TV shows they're doing, there is a lot of that where you get to see all of these, like, other characters and maybe the bad choices they make or why they make those choices. Even if you don't agree with them, you get to kind of understand a little bit more about their characters. I would say maybe the Marvel Universe, but not like the movies, the TV shows, have really gotten me to that point where I'm just like, oh, it's so interesting, like, why they would make this choice, why they would do this. Does it make them a good person? No, they're not a good person, but they're a very interesting person, and I like that better. (laughs) Loki, I thought was going to be so one-dimensional. I mean, you know, he kind of always has the same MO, and then this series is yeah. so great. Yeah, and I exactly. feel the same way about WandaVision because yes. the whole time you're like, clearly, spoiler, she's a monster. She's doing horrible things to people. But at the same time, you're like, I totally get how that happened. She just had a, she had a breakdown and, and she started doing that thing where you operate on like survival instinct as opposed to, mm, is this really a good idea? <laughs> Which I'm assuming happens to people in those novels as well, where they're they're making terrible choices because they feel like they have no other opportunity. I can't remember if I opportunity. said it. it. They behave unpredictably, but it's only unpredictable in, in comparison with other books that I've read, because right. everybody behaves predictably. But this is, I feel, it feels so realistic. But you can yeah. see how if you are in that situation with the right motivation, you would also make these, like, unpredictable choices. Totally. Well, that's a good sell. Yes. In my opinion. (laughs) Would you recommend people start with the first book of the first trilogy? I would. They're all like my children. I love all of them. But um, <laughs> but it, the way that Joe Abercrombie plants the seeds and gives you little hints, yeah. it would be better if you just, if you start with, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially, yeah. I guess it could be cool to read the second series first and then go back yeah. as like a prequel series and be like, where did it all start? <laughs> really, you're going to want to read these multiple times anyway. So absolutely start She's, wherever you want. <laughs> She's like, you're going to read them yes. all multiple times. Yes. So just read them in whatever order you like. But so, the Blade itself is the first one in the first trilogy. First one, the first Blade trilogy. Itself. And if and Lisa gets the entire city of Baytown completely hooked on this series, we know who to blame. <laughs> That's right. Um, and you said the third book of the second trilogy is coming out later in the fall. Later in the fall. Okay, perfect timing. Yes. Gets everyone a chance to to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for bringing us an engrossing series of books. Yeah. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.